Welcome to the Seller Roundtable e-commerce coaching and business strategies with Andy Arnott and Amy Wees. Hey, everybody. Welcome. This is Seller Roundtable number 49. This is your host, Andy Arnott, with my co-host, Amy Wees. And we are super excited to have Julia Ibrahim on today. She's going to show us all her super secret ninja uh, accounting tips, tricks, and tactics. Thank you so much for being on, Julia. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so my name is Julia Ibrahim. Um, I am. Uh, uh, I can start off by introducing myself. Um, I am a certified public accountant, certified internal auditor. I'm a QuickBooks Advanced Pro Advisor um, and Zero Certified as well. And my background is in government auditing. I've been auditing um, for New York State for about nine years. And um, I'm currently running a full service accounting and tax firm called All United Accounting and Tax. We specialize in e-commerce and we help um, e-commerce businesses save money on taxes, uh, utilizing some tax strategies. Um, we help also to maintain compliance with uh, federal and state government authorities. And uh, most importantly, we'll get you um, accurate and financial data and um, projections to help your business grow and uh, make the best management decisions on time and um, correctly. <laughs> awesome. And can I just throw in something here? You know, I found Julia, I'm lucky I found her because she does my accounting and she does some accounting for Andy and I too. And, you know, I started, when I first started, I kind of went the, the, the affordable, the, the cheapest route I could go. Not that Julie is not affordable, but I went with a local accountant and I found that my tax returns were done completely incorrectly. None of my Amazon sales and, and things like that were actually properly accounted for. And so I started going through this process of talking to the people in my network saying, who do you use for accounting and what should you, you know, so I'm interviewing all these accountants and trying to figure things out. And Julia just did such a great job explaining everything to me. And then she also did a really great job of cleaning everything up. She not only had to redo all of my tax returns, submit letters to the IRS, all of that kind of stuff to keep me from getting audited. But she also realized that my prior year return was incorrect as well. And she corrected that. So she paid more than paid for herself just in the first time of you utilizing her services. So I just, that's, that's my, uh, <laughs> my glowing recommendation for Julia is she's just been wonderful helping me kind of navigate um, all of this confusing accounting stuff as I start new businesses, as my business grows, you know, I'm always throwing crazy questions at her, which of course we'll get into during this podcast, but um, just, just wanted to add that in there that she does a great job with my accounting. And I thank you so much, Julia, for cleaning things up for me. <laughs> thank you, Amy. <laughs> so, all right, Julia, you ready to get, uh, get grilled here? <laughs> just give us a little bit more background on, uh, you give us some of your, your work stuff, like, uh, you know, background on, and you don't have to share this if you don't want to, but it's always nice to just, uh, I love to hear about kind of, you know, people's past, uh, where you were born, where you live now, um, anything you did, you kind of mentioned your past jobs, college, school, kind of anything you want to mention for us and our listeners to get to know you a little bit better. 
Sure. Okay. So yeah, I come from Russia. Um, I came in my teenage years. I went to college here. I, I went to college back in Russia and then I, I transferred here. So I, I went, um, I completed my um, business degree. I completed my accounting degree. Um, I got my CPA right away on the first try. <laughs> and um, while working for the government, I was, I also got my uh, certified internal auditor um, license as well. So that's that and um and then I, I right away started my accounting firm it was kind of um on a part-time basis for a while um and then it just got it just grew and grew further and that i just had to leave the job that i that i was doing um, as a government auditor and my team they all miss me but <laughs> but i had to do this because i like um working for myself much better and my firm is growing now much uh, much more than I even my, I anticipated uh, in the last few years. And we've been specializing in e-commerce and that's probably one of the reasons it's been growing exponentially because a lot of e-commerce businesses um, uh, are very, um, uh, not very aware of how the accounting is done for e-commerce specifically. And I think this industry needs more of account um, more of um, e-commerce accountants yeah we need, we need a lot of help i know that uh before before i got my accountant i was lost and numbers are not my strong suit by any means and uh you know as amy mentioned you know generally if you you know you vet your accountant you find a good one like julia they're gonna more than pay for themselves almost every single time so just keep that in mind i know everybody's afraid of that uh expense but in our case um yeah it, it was the same kind of situation where um, you know, there was some changes that, that they made, you know, kind of right away, like, you know, making, uh, suggesting we'd become a, um, an S corp, uh, you know, and some other things that, you know, made, made some big differences. So, um, you know, to me, it's, it's definitely worth, uh, at least looking into, but, you know, highly suggest, especially if your business is growing and scaling, uh, definitely something to, uh, to consider. So, um, Julia, when did you kind of first hear about, you know, Amazon and e-commerce and why did you specialize it? Like, did you just see an opportunity there? Were you interested in it? Did you sell previously? Uh, kind of what's, what, you know, why did you get into e-commerce specifically? Um, so I got into e-commerce for a few reasons. So, um, it, it was kind of natural coming from my husband used to sell on eBay. So I kind of knew that and I knew it, it would be very hard and the accounting, I was doing the accounting back then from the very beginning for our business, but uh, it didn't work out. So my husband, my husband stopped that because he, it's just not his thing. But that's something that um, gave me an idea to kind of start specializing in e-commerce. Um, I used to do generalist accounting work, but um, that was I. Right now, I realized that I didn't know as much as I know now about the e-commerce accounting back then. So even though we were running a business, it was, it was a struggle, even though I was accountant too. And it, it was, it was pretty high. So I, I kind of started to, you know, uh, research more and uh, try to um, help. And I got a lot of um, clients uh, with, uh, who, who needed help. And I, I built up my experience in that. And, and now I feel like I know how to deal with the accounting for e-commerce sellers. 
And um, that's, yeah. that's why this is my specialty right now. That's great. Yeah. I love that. The fact that, um, you know, a lot of times, um, you know, people will build or, or do things where they see that there's uh, something lacking for themselves. Right. So you guys figured out that, you know, that that uh, accounting for e-commerce was difficult and, and that there was an opportunity there. So that's awesome. I kind of did the same thing with, you know, my app business, my software, Amazon, all those kinds of things as well. So I love that. Um, one other quick thing I just realized, uh, Amy, this is another uh, podcast where uh, we're, we're all former government employees of some type. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yes, love it. Good old government. There's nothing teaching you like uh, how to deal with the ups and the downs than working for government. <laughs> it's true. It's true. And the red tape and the, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And following the rules. Got to make sure we follow the rules. Yeah. So, you know, just piggybacking on what Andy said about, um, you know, making sure you, it's scary to hire an accountant because a lot of people don't want to deal with that expense. But I've given this advice so many times, make sure you guys that even if you're at the very beginning of your business and you're not making enough money to pay an accountant or a bookkeeper yet, right? Um, at least meet with one at least meet with one because you can meet one time. And you know, I, I know when I first did this, I kind of just met with one just to like, okay, should I be using QuickBooks? How do I set that up? Most accountants, even if you can't afford to pay them for bookkeeping or for anything, you know, for the, the, the taxes, stuff like that, they'll at least, it's worth you paying one time to consult with them to get you on track. And you know, do a little DIY, and maybe you just have them look over things once a quarter, or maybe you have them look over things just at tax time, but then have them set you up for success from the beginning. So even our new business owners that are listeners, I really want to encourage you. This is one of the fundamentals of business that will really bite you <laughs> later if you do it incorrectly. So make sure that you at least take the time to um, to set up, sit down with an accountant, and just kind of learn the the basic things that you should be doing. Get some, get a consultation, understand you know how your business should be set up, and even if you have to do it on your own, you know you have a little bit more empowerment and some knowledge to. To at least somewhat do it, uh, not as good as they would, but uh, better than you would just on your own had you not had that consultation. So, and speaking of that, Julia, I would love to ask you, you know, what steps should you take to properly set up your e-commerce business when you're ready to start? Like, how do we start? How do we get there? Okay, so if you are ready to start your business, I highly recommend that you would form a separate business entity um, several separate legal entities such as LLC or corporation. It's not um, a requirement, but it's highly recommended because you would set it up um, as a separate serious business uh, from the start. It's just very important along, down the road for you. Um, so the way the what you set up, uh, which entity type you would set up would depend on your goals, would depend on your budget, your plans, and what state you're in, in America, or if you're outside of America. So it's, it all depends what type of entity you would need to set up. But it's highly recommended to have a separate entity for, for your business. Um, second step would be to get your EIN number. It's almost simultaneous with forming your business, pretty much. So you can do it the same day. 
um, it's very important that you, when you get your um, EIN, you, you select the correct entity type and, um, and select the, the right business type because you don't want to have, have, have it done corrected or need, need to be, uh, if it needs to be corrected in the future. So, um, and to get that EIN number, you just go to, if you're in the U.S., you just go to the irs.gov website and yeah. you put in, so this is after you file your entity and you've got your, you know, your organization documents and you know, okay, I'm a C-Corp, you know, that kind of thing, or um, you put that in there and literally in minutes you are up and running and the IRS will give you an EIN. So it's very instantaneous. It doesn't cost anything, but mm -hmm. that EIN then enables you to start a bank account for your business and yeah. file your taxes as a business and set up your resellers licenses and all of those things that you might need. So mm -hmm. great, great tip there, Julia, please continue. Yes. So yeah, you already kind of <laughs> dipped into it a little bit. So it's important that once you get um, formed your uh, entity, it's important to have your uh, business account opened. If you can't, because some um, businesses don't have opportunity to have a separate business account, um, at least have your personal account, bank account, separately uh, set up. Um, exclusively for business, so it's not commingling funds with your personal, um, uh, your for personal funds, because um, it might cause you some issues down the road after that. And it's much harder to keep track of your uh, numbers this way. <laughs> and so, if you are starting with a personal budget, like I did, you know, I did my business didn't have any credit in the beginning, so I had to take some of my personal funds and put it into a business bank account, um, and so that I could use it. And even when I use personal credit cards, I just use those for business. Right. So I don't, you know, Julia yells at me if I don't. So <laughs> and I don't like to get yelled at. No, I'm just kidding. She's, she's very nice. But, you know, if you have, if you're using, if you're needing to use personal credit cards, which a lot of people do when they first start out their business, you want to make sure that you're specifically using that card for business and that card is what is attached and you're not then okay let me go grocery shopping with that next week and then let me go back and buy office supplies for my business so it's okay to use personal funds but don't commingle them in your account put them in your business account or use that personal credit card only for business expenses and don't mix them is that right Julia yes yes you're correct here <laughs> yes so so that's that, and uh, the last step would be to find out what your sales tax obligations are in your home state, if you're in the United States, um, because right now the law is constantly changing. Um, some marketplaces are collecting and remitting sales tax on your behalf. Uh, some states would still require you to have, um, to register for sales tax collection. Um, other states would say close, uh, close your license if you're just selling on Amazon, for example. But if you're selling on Shopify, that's a different story because Shopify does not remit sales tax on behalf of the seller. So it, it's um, kind of complicated. So you would need to do your research and um, find out what your sales tax obligations are.
um, from the very beginning so that you don't get uh, caught after that and get someone. Uh, and that's something else to consider as well um, when setting up your entity. So I know a lot of people, and we're not lawyers, and we, you know, we recommend you go talk to a lawyer about that. Mm -hmm. um, but I get that question all the time is, Amy, should I set up my entity in Wyoming? Because you mm -hmm. know, wherever you set it up, you need to do your research and find out what the tax implications are. Because the last thing that you would want to happen is you're running along in your business and you're growing and everything is going good. And all of a sudden, a state sends you a letter and says, you owe us a good chunk of change. And you're like, oh, what? No. I didn't even know about that. So yeah, definitely uh, whatever state you choose to incorporate in, um, mm -hmm. make sure you, as Julia says, that you know the, the tax laws and the sales tax requirements. Yes. Very good. So what steps um, should e-commerce, so we talked about when you're getting ready to start, but what about during their first year or two of business. So now we've gotten our first product out there. It's selling. We're in our first year or two of business. What now? So what now is you would need to have uh, some kind of system in place where you would track your numbers. That's very important. And a lot of sellers neglect that um, step for some reason. They either assume that marketplace is tracking it all for you or um, you know, you, it, it's all in your head. You, it can't be. <laughs> so you need to put a system in place. Um, the, <clears throat> so the general idea is to track your gross sales and your business expenses. So, um, and then the net would be what you keep in your pocket, the net sales. Um, and you would need to uh, also keep track of your inventory. That's very important um, because it may, it, it, um, it makes a direct impact on your taxes. Um, if you are, um, for example, some sellers would uh, code all the inventory as cost of goods sold. Even if it's not sold yet, they would still code it as a cost of goods sold. So they technically um, reducing their income when it's really should be uh, that inventory should still be in the inventory and not uh, in cost of goods sold, which is an expense. So I'm sorry to get into all this accounting detail, um, but I was actually watching the, the profit the other day and, um, and he was explaining uh, with Marcus Limonis and he was explaining the importance of that because I think that's called cost-based accounting and the IRS does not like that. And he was saying, what you're doing is you're saying that that inventory is already sold when yes. in fact that's actually part of you know your your asset list or your your you know what you could report mm -hmm. as hey we haven't made this money yet this money's tied up and that could actually be better for your taxes in the long run am i tracking mm -hmm. that correctly yes yes so that's very important um, in the first two years of business so but to start when you when you are just starting even um, going into the first two years, make sure you track your, um, your receipts as well, because your, um, your bank statements and your credit cards are not enough. It's not sufficient to just have those, um, in case you, you get an audit notice or something, they would need a receipt, the actual physical receipts for the expenses to support those expenses. 
Yes, I I learned this the hard way when Julia, you know, was fixing my tax returns and everything. Um, she said, do you have receipts for all these things? Because if the IRS audits you, that's going to be a problem. And we hadn't been, you know, we hadn't been tracking our receipts. We were just like, it's in QuickBooks. It's fine, right? Mm -hmm. No, it's not fine. Yeah. So what I use now is Airtable. Airtable has a really great expenses Um really great expenses template and you can put the Airtable app on your phone and so it's very easy when I'm on the go I just take a picture of that receipt and it you know put in the information and what I what the expense was for and that enables <laughs> Julia to be able to pull that receipt down and take a look at it and, but for me that's the easiest way to not have to like hang on to all this paper or lose it as soon as I make the purchase as soon as it happens I take the picture um, with the app on my phone and then it automatically gets uploaded to the Airtable. So that's my little trick for it. I know QuickBooks also has a way to upload receipts, but for those of you who are not as adept at QuickBooks or you want an easier uh, free way to keep track of receipts, uh, Airtable is, is a good option. Amy, I just, uh, I just showed you the other trick that I just found out too, if you guys want to do this. Looks like it's not on iPhone yet, which is weird, but on Android, there's actually a uh, scan option now on Google Drive. So you pull up your Google Drive, you hit the plus button, and it'll say scan. You can have a folder in there that says like receipts, you know, 2020, and then you just take a picture of it, and then it automatically goes into that folder, done. It takes like five seconds. I've been using yeah. that for um, my wife and I are doing a, a house flip right now. So, you know, we have stuff that when we go to the hardware store that we are expensing for that um, home flip. So we've been using that. It's been working really well. I'm gonna start using it for all my businesses. Yeah, yeah so, that was a really good tip. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. More like a lot of my clients use that same Google Drive we use to exchange documents. I think Amy, we also kind of um, started off that way, but we you wanted to switch to Airtable, so and it it works. You know, it every client is different, so it works everybody for uh, um, differently for everybody. But however you do it, you need to track your receipts. You need to and try to, to put it all in one place, not all over the place. And even some receipts, if you have them in the email, just you know, um, maybe save that email, um, print it into PDF and upload it to whatever system you're using and you can safely save that receipt for yourself in the future. Because IRS doesn't come after you that same year, they would come after you two, three years from now. And then what you're gonna do if you don't have those receipts, you're gonna get allowances and and you don't want that. <laughs> That's the worst thing you you, you can uh, that can happen. So definitely keep receipts. Mm -hmm. All right. Any other tips for the first year or two of business? I know um, something that you turned us on to was A2X software, which that software really helps take all of Amazon's charges and. Mm -hmm you know, your inventory at the product sale level. And at first I was like, Julia, I don't have that many SKUs. I'm not like Andy over here with 800, you know? <laughs> I, don't, I don't need to be paying another monthly amount. Uh, but then as soon as, you know, she made a good argument for it, but as soon as I saw the level of detail and how much then we were able to translate that into, you know, what we report to the IRS, that really, you know, was again, a, a small price to pay. And it just breaks everything down, like all of your fees, the things that sometimes show up on one screen in a report on Amazon, 
it mm-hmm. breaks it all down into like tiny little chunks. So then, you know, you have your advertising and you've got every level of your product sale, your fees, all that kind of stuff. And it imports it into QuickBooks. So um, for those of you who haven't checked out A2X, that's another thing that we used in our first one to two years to get things on track um, at uh, the recommendation of our accountant. So <laughs> anything else for the first uh, two years to keep people on track? Uh, I would say another recommendation would be if your business is growing fast, then um, definitely take a look at your business legal structure. Um, if that's still valid, is if it's still the most um, tax advantages for you, for your business, because maybe you started out with LLC, but um, down the road, maybe in a couple of years, you might want to change that and save you save yourself some money on taxes and uh, get some other benefits. If, you, if that's something, you know, if you, your business dramatically changed over the past two years. So it depends. Oh, that's a really good tip because you might, you know, you might be paying a bunch of freelancers right now with through the 1099 method and maybe you would be better off switching over to an S-Core and W2ing yourself. I know there's a lot of really cool, I've been asking Julia like for amazing at home, like, can I write off my my clothing that I, you know, that I wear to go do public speaking. And she's like, not as the entity that you you know, you would have to switch that to escort and make that an employee benefit. So there's a lot of cool things you can do as you grow with different entities. Um, so if you're, if you're running into problems where you're not able to write off certain things that you're like, but wait, that's for my business. That's not for personal, you know, it might be a limitation of the type of entity. So talk with your accountant about that and, um, and make sure that you're looking at your expenses and, and what the benefits would be if you swapped over. Yep. Very cool. Julia, and, quick yeah, question on that. Sorry, uh, Amy. Um, so Julia, what I was wondering is when we went to our, our accountant years ago, um, his justification, tell me if, if you agree with this, is that if you're making more, if you make more than a million dollars a year, then the S Corp makes more sense than an LLC. Is that true? <laughs> uh, or is that like, is that a hard and fast rule or is that just like a starting point to like start looking you know, at that? I get this question a lot and I would say it all depends on your particular situation at a million um, in net, in net uh, profit. That, that S Corp would probably make sense much more than LLC, definitely, I would say. But, um, you know, I will always recommend to do an analysis of a comparison of different business legal entities and how much you would be paying in taxes um, as, a, as a LLC, as a S Corp, C Corp. So right now, you know, it's, it's just hard to say and the law constantly changes the last couple of years, the tax law changed again, the percentages changed. So yeah, it, it would look, look, <laughs> looks like I'm going to have to have him reevaluate. See if it's yeah, still you, the best you, setup. You might want, especially at that point, um, you would want to reevaluate, um, more often than, you know, than less. Yeah. okay, cool. Thanks. Yeah, I think sometimes it's more costly to have, I know I was looking into that as well. And when I ran the numbers and everything as an S-Core, I had a friend who was actually an accountant auditor run my numbers for me. And she explained like, hey, there's a lot of people that she had um, worked with that had switched over to the S-Core and it was actually costing them more um, because they were just not ready to be there yet in their business. So 
it's why it's so important to have an, an awesome accounting professional. But yeah, I get that question a lot too. Like what kind of entity should I form? And I always tell people like, go talk to your lawyer and your accountant. That's what you should do. So speaking of, um, of accounting and systems and software, we talked about A2X, but are there any other systems or software tools you would recommend that people have in place for regular accounting and really keeping track of things once they grow beyond the spreadsheet? <laughs> yes, yes. So that's what I was going to start kind of um, when you are just starting, it's okay to have um, your numbers on spreadsheets, but you will find that that's overwhelming very quickly. You'll, you'll outgrow that if your business keeps growing. And um, especially for the inventory tracking, it's really hard to track on the, on the Excel, Excel spreadsheets. So what I would recommend, uh, once you feel overwhelmed with Excel spreadsheets, go ahead and sign up for a for, uh, formal accounting system such as QuickBooks Online or Xero. Now I'm not uh, affiliated with any of these softwares, just letting you know that something comes from the experience and uh, what my clients use and what's uh, most popular out there. So QuickBooks Online seems to be the most popular right now. Um, it's a double entry accounting system, an official system where you would have uh, your financial reports ready to you know, be uh, exported, uh, profit and loss, your balance sheet, your statement of cash flows. And it would make sure that your um, transactions and your uh, financial data is complete rather than having you yourself putting into Excel spreadsheet the transactions that you think are the transactions for your business, the QuickBooks would pull them um, automatically from your bank account or your um, credit cards. And um, all you would have to do is categorize it correctly. And uh, you know that, that would take care of completeness piece. At least you yeah. are not missing anything. Sure. I know. You know, this was a big aha moment for me because I was doing QuickBooks incorrectly on my own in the beginning. Um, and then when you took over bookkeeping for me and we have our monthly accounting meetings, it was such an aha moment to, you know, you're walking me through my profit and loss and you're really helping me understand, oh, wow, that was my expenses. Oh, that's how much I spent on software. Oh, wow. Okay. That's how much revenue I made on this or that. Um, so it was really cool to, uh, you know, doing it by myself, I didn't really get all of that data because I was incorrectly coding all of those things. So I had to learn that. But then after you started taking it over and really showing me how everything breaks down, we were able to see very quickly and easily, oh, wow, we need to work on that expense or that's doing really well. You know, that's, that's a really... Um, that's a really good source of, of income for us or revenue for us. Um, so it's, it's really great to be able to see that number at the end of the month and it kind of holds you accountable. But um, I love QuickBooks for that reason. And it's so easy because we can just connect our credit cards and our bank accounts and it just automatically goes in there. And then those charges that you might not have remembered, maybe you forgot to take a picture of a receipt. And you know, if your bank account is connected, you say, what was that $35 charge? What happened there? Or the credit card, you know, and you have to expense every single one of those things in QuickBooks. So it's really great to see like what's going on and where you're spending your money. And for me, uh, I didn't really realize that until we had a bookkeeper, you know, we grew large enough to actually have a, a bookkeeper take care of those things for us because 
before that was tough doing it all on our own yeah definitely it's it's not easy <laughs> yeah so anything else on systems or software that people should have in place yes so i wanted to mention the uh, that the inventory tracking part i wouldn't use quickbooks for that i would recommend a separate tool for that um usually if you are selling on um on amazon in north america uh, many businesses use inventory lab that's that has been very useful for for the businesses but also just wanted to mention that a2x actually has the cost of goods sold tracking uh, built in right now it's a relatively new feature but um, you can do that as well if you're selling on amazon or shopify or both you would be able to uh, also have your cost of goods sold um, pulled automatically into your quickbooks um, and that would take care of that part but you still need to make sure that your cost of goods sold are set up correctly um, because if your inventory, if you're estimating your uh, unit cost wrong, then your numbers will be wrong, obviously. So make sure that it's set up correctly. And you do need, for the A2X, you do need some basic accounting knowledge to set it up correctly, because I get a lot of clients coming in who have been using A2X, but it wasn't set up correctly. And sometimes even by their own bookkeeper, because it was the bookkeeper is not specializing in e-commerce they they don't really know the tool so i would need to you know i i, I needed to kind of uh, correct that the setup and then redo that redo the a2x imports but yeah. um that's something to you know to be on the lookout and another tool that i would recommend for sales tax is um tax jar it's uh, you know one of the most popular tools right now that people are using and uh, there are other tools out there, like Avalara, for example, but uh, TaxJar, I would say, is the most popular. And you, you also need to kind of know what's going on with the sales tax situation, because TaxJar would, would give you uh, some hints, would give you the numbers, but you still need to manually uh, make sure that you're following, um, you're in compliance with all the states and, um, yeah. Thanks for tuning in to part one of this episode. Join us every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for live Q&A and bonus content after the recording at sellerroundtable.com. Sponsored by the ultimate software tool for Amazon sales and growth, sellerseo.com and amazingathome.com.